I think we do get inferences, societal inferences of this is what you're supposed to do. This is what your career should look like. Okay, so by the time you're 24, 25, you know, you should have had a couple of promotions by now. You should be earning this much. You should be working towards getting an apartment, even though you don't even know that you want to live there for the rest of your life. But it's, it's just a done thing, you know. I think it's the shoulds. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, for years now, I've given you a ton of stories on remote workers and digital nomads on this podcast, but I've come to realize that many of you beginners are still unsure on how to take the first steps to creating a freedom lifestyle through online work. Maybe you've been too afraid to take the plunge or just don't feel confident enough to land that online job due to inexperience. Well, I'm excited to announce that I've created a new YouTube series called Trying Remote, where I try a new online job or gig every month to give you a glimpse of what it takes to land a remote job. So if you need a little boost to try something new or just want to see what it takes to get started, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote. Again, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote to find our videos and to subscribe to our new series on YouTube. So please come and join me there so we can uncomfortably grow together. In this episode, I'm really excited to speak with Rosie, who is a location-independent travel writer, author, and freedompreneur. She helps freedom lovers ditch the rat race, become lifestyle entrepreneurs, and travel the world, and has appeared as a travel and life design expert on the likes of ABC News, NBC News, Business Insider, and South China Morning Post. So listen on to find out how Rosie designs her life around freedom. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to speak with my guest today. I'm here with Rosie. Hi Rosie, how are you? Hi Debbie, hello, hi. (laughs) I'm so excited to be talking to you today because you definitely have an offbeat life. So before we get to your journey, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? Hello, Debbie. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So my name is Rosie Bell, and I'm a British travel writer, author, and a lifestyle entrepreneur. Um, I grew up in Namibia, Nigeria, the Netherlands, and the UK. And for the last 10 years, I've worked for myself remotely all around the world. And I help people who want to escape the rat race and work online and travel through courses, books, and mentoring. And I find so much joy from seeing people design and live their lives on their own terms. And I live an offbeat life because I just couldn't have it any other way. <laughs> this is the way that, that feeds me the most. This is how I feel happiest. I somewhat grew up with an offbeat life anyway, so this is just a natural extension. And I found a way to uh, fit my career into my desire and need to travel. Love that. It is definitely a motto that I live with as well, Rosie. That's why I was like, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, So Rosie, how did you end up creating this freedom lifestyle for yourself? Because for most people, it's probably out of reach or they think it's out of reach for them. And how did you design it so that you can have this lifestyle that you can be wherever, do whatever, pretty much, you know, anything you want? (laughs) 
Um, well, it's interesting because I actually got here via a series of, I guess, quote unquote, failures or disappointments. I actually, it was always my dream to work in advertising. I always wanted to work in an ad agency. And straight out of university in London, I got my quote unquote dream job at an ad agency. It was very prestigious, but it was so deeply unfulfilling. Nine to nine office job. And I just kind of felt like my job was useless. It was pointless. I didn't feel like I was making a difference at all. Um, the environment was absolutely toxic and the employer definitely actively glamorized overwork and just being snowed under psychological problems, emotional problems, cranky colleagues, backstabbing, exhaustion, competition. It was just endless. And I just, I felt like my job was pointless. I hated my commute. Absolutely <laughs> hated my commute. Uh, don't even get me started. And uh, yeah, there were so many things I disliked about my office life. I hated waking up early. I hated the schmoozing, the presenteeism, also the mildly obligatory socializing. I don't know if you know much about UK work culture, but it's all about going for after work drinks. And, you know, the agency had a bar on site. So that was that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Just the unrealistic demands of office life. And I, I learned very, very early on that it just wasn't for me, that that just wasn't what I wanted, but I didn't know what the alternative looked like. That was a long time ago, actually. That was in 2011. And I actually only managed to last a year um, in a professional office job um, that that's as long as I could do. So I quit and then I decided that I wanted to work for myself. I then started a swimwear brand, which I ran uh, from my home and I taught myself everything. I did everything for that company. I designed, I did sketches, I did fabric sourcing, PR, everything under the sun. So I was a jack of all trades and it was really a baptism of fire and such a good uh, training to run your own business because actually see everything that was involved. Um, but I actually didn't like working in fashion. There were a lot of things about the fashion industry that I found troubling, like the glorified wastage, essentially, um, you know, the things that you have to do to be in. So interestingly, of all of my tasks with swimwear, I found out that the one that I enjoyed the most was actually writing for the blog uh, because it was a Hawaiian branded blog. So I was always writing stories about Hawaii and I loved Hawaii and I went to Hawaii, uh, you know, twice a year. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, I just, I love this. I'm just writing stories and inspiring people to dream go places. And I really, really loved that. And then actually in 2015, I accidentally ended up in Panama, fell head over heels in love with Panama and decided that one day I was going to move there. So eventually I did go back to London. I sold everything. I stopped my swimwear brand, even though, you know, I did have some, you know, relative successes. I had celebrities wear my swimwear. Rihanna, wow. you know, had a pair of my, my designs. Um, but I just, I didn't want to do that anymore. So I moved to Panama, took a year off to write my book, Escape to Self, which is all about life design and designing your life with your desired ingredients, but first of all, realizing what those ingredients are and accepting them because sometimes it's not so pretty, <laughs> let's face it. Um, and I, in that year, I actually just got 
offers to write articles for some quite big publications because Panama is quite small. So things just came my way. I would have Forbes Travel Guide write to me asking if I could go and review a fabulous hotel. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> all day, every day. You know, what next? You know, Lonely Planet. I just got all these amazing opportunities. And I thought, wait a second, I can do this as a job. And I guess the rest is history. And that really worked for me because I knew that I wanted to really truly be location independent. I didn't want to have a physical product that I was selling anymore. I wanted something that I could truly do anywhere in the world and travel writing gave me that and it's such a blessing. Yeah, and as you had mentioned, it takes a lot of self-discovery before you can find your sweet spot because you did a lot of things. You were in corporate, you started your own business and you were successful at it. You know, not many people can say that Rihanna wore their clothing <laughs> and then to leave that behind. Right. That's a huge step to deciding that that you wanted to let go of that because you wanted something else for your life. And I think that that's one. One thing that I really want to emphasize is that sometimes you can achieve success and realize at that moment that that's not where you want to be. And it's still not a failure because you realizing that to like, at least for me, is actually success, understanding where you really should be in life, right? And sometimes we do have to uh, get to the top before we realize that we don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was my dream job in such a prestigious agency, but I realized I don't want to be my boss in 10 years. I don't want to be any of these people. Nobody is happy here. Everybody was getting signed off on exhaustion um, and just... It just was not, it was not ideal. And that's exactly why I said quote unquote failures, because, you know, people would, could potentially view that, you know, leaving a very comfortable job, you know, with like views over Soho and, you know, glamorous parties. Some people might view that as a failure, you know, not being good at that, not climbing up the career ladder, but I'm more about career portfolios than a career ladder. I don't, it's, I'm not about like striving for one thing, you know, a unilateral focus. You know, there's different things that you can do and different things will feed you in different ways. And yeah, so I, I definitely don't view that as a, as a failure, but it does take so much self-discovery. And I think what's very beautiful for people now is that, you know, there's podcasts like this, there's the Offbeat Life, where that literally shows you, it holds your hand and teaches you how to do this. And I would have loved if something like this existed back in those days. And that's really the huge difference is before, you know, five, even 10 years ago, there was a lot less people who are doing something that you're doing, Rosie, and people don't understand or realize that it can be possible. You can do it. And the corporate ladder is one way of doing it. And it's not a bad way, but it's not the only way. There's other ways to to do it as well. And, uh, you know, me having grown up in New York City and you talking about what life and culture is like in terms of business in, in England and in London specifically is, you know, fairly similar. It's a lot of that culture and it's also a lot of hustle culture um, that, you know, a lot of us just don't align with. Like it's not the lifestyle that you want to align with. And that's why you ended up and you mentioned this accidentally being in Panama. Wait, so let, let, let's go through that. How do you accidentally land in Panama? Tell us more about that, Rosie. 
I actually love telling this story, so sure. So I had a relatively uh, big breakup at the start of 2015. It was on New Year's Day, actually. Uh, he left London and moved to Bali. And I, I just sort of, I needed to get away. And my sister suggested, she said, why don't you go travel? And she actually is so lovely, the best person that exists. She actually helped me take over my swimwear brand. And I just went away to Costa Rica. I booked three months in Costa Rica. And back then I didn't know about, you know, border jumps and, you know, backpacking and going to multiple countries. So I thought, okay, you can only stay in Costa Rica for exactly three months. So I booked a flight to be there for exactly three months, planned everything I wanted to see, you know, made my budget and all of that good stuff. But I got to Costa Rica, but as it very much happens for some people, you know, the reality and the dream don't really align. I found that it wasn't really my place. And I just, I didn't find that nirvana I was looking for. And I pretty much had done everything I wanted to do in those three months, in three weeks. And so I was just sitting, you know, in this hostel and you know, right there was this Lonely Planet guidebook. Um, it was the Central America on a shoestring. And I think it's so interesting that I now write for Lonely Planet. I think it's just such a lovely um, uh, full circle story. Uh, there was a Lonely Planet guidebook there and I was reading through and then there was Panama. And I thought, oh, okay, Panama, this could be interesting. You know, they've got some cool history. They've got the canal. They've got all the Noriega past. Sure, let's go to Panama for five days. So I literally booked a trip just to go there for five days and explore. And from the moment I end, I arrived in Panama, it's like that's when my life started. I met the best people. I just felt free. I was so surprised by how beautiful and livable the capital city was. Panama City is, is called the Miami of the South. Those beautiful tall buildings overlooking the water, but for a quarter of the price, you know, living in a fabulous condo with a pool and all that <laughs> stuff for a quarter of the price that you'd find in Miami. And just, you know, that like it's very westernized, but also you're still very much Latin. So there's always wonderful music escaping from somewhere and something you can dance to and spicy food and seafood and islands that like you've never seen before. And I was just so enamored of this place from day one, just in the capital. And then day two, I meet this mysterious gentleman <laughs> who I talked to for a couple, you know, I talked to him for maybe, let's say an hour, an hour, two hours max. And he said, oh, have you heard of this place called Bocas del Toro? You really need to go there. And I said, yeah, you know, I've heard of it, you know, but I don't really have enough time to go. I have a trip back to Costa Rica next week. And he was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You of all people have to be in Bocas del Toro. It's this archipelago of nine islands and you get to each one with a water taxi and there's this crazy party happening on Saturday, you know, at this hostel that has a trampoline and you jump right into the Caribbean Ocean. You have to go. And I'm like, I just, you know, I haven't budgeted for that. I didn't plan that. And he, he just said, stop with the excuses. Give me your passport number. I'm booking you a flight. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, and he was like, I'm booking you a flight. I'm booking you a flight to Bocas. You need to be in Bocas. And I was like, okay, sure, if you insist. <laughs> I gave him my passport number. I He was just someone I met in a hostel. He booked me this flight. And honestly, like that was the most pivotal moment of my entire life. I had never up, in that mo up until that moment seen a place that was that beautiful. And I just loved the novelty of like, oh, I'm hailing a water taxi to go to an island with even more palm trees than this one. Like what even is this as a life? And I just adored that place. And I never went back to Costa Rica. 
and it was actually arriving in Bocas and just seeing that nirvana and seeing that that existed, you know, from my tube-filled, dreary, rainy life in London. <laughs> um, and I was like, no, this is over. I'm coming back here. Like my whole my entire life is going to have an overhaul. So thank you to that guy who I never saw again. Oh God. Well, sometimes things happen for a reason and people happen for a reason. You meet them for a reason, which is pretty funny. And uh, now your whole life trajectory, pretty much, I think that was kind of like um, your sliding doors moment. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. <laughs> Yes, I love that movie. I love it. So you, you know, you're you're Gwyneth Paltrow, and you know your sliding doors moment <laughs> is meeting that guy. If you didn't listen to him, if you didn't meet him, who knows what would have happened, right? Like, I know. It'd be so, oh. I know. <laughs> Maybe I could, I would be like the, you know, head of account management at a London advertising agency, hating my life every day or being like the 30% of, 37% of people in the UK apparently believe their job to be completely useless. Wow. That's, that's sad. That's actually really, that's actually really sad. Actually, yeah, okay, we shouldn't laugh. It's it, true. It's it sad. Is. You're right. It's, it's so sad though. But but that's the thing, right? I think there's just certain times in your life where you do have that sliding doors moment where you either make this decision and it changes your life for, for the better or worse. I guess, you know, it's not so bad, right? If you're alive, you're living, you can take care of yourself. But it's just a huge pivotal moment that happens in your life and you make that decision. And I feel like, there's different times and there's different moments in our life that that could happen. So if you haven't had that sliding doors moment yet, or if that has happened to you and you, you feel like you chose the wrong path, don't worry. It's going to happen again. Maybe it's even listening to Rosie right now and listening to her moment where, where she completely changed her life. But it's so interesting how life can be so unexpected in so many ways that we didn't even know because who would have thought that going to Costa Rica would lead you to meeting this person when you go to Panama just from happenstance reading a lonely planet guidebook that you are now mm -hmm. writing for. <laughs> That's so mm -hmm. funny. Yeah, uh, I, I love that story. And sometimes I, I get shivers thinking about it. And I'm so grateful that all, all these things happened to me to kind of push me towards this life. But I think if anybody is listening and they resonate with that feeling of feeling maybe a little bit stagnant or confused or, you know, a sense of futility with your job. Um, and exactly as you said as well before, it's not always about, you know, working for yourself or starting a business. You definitely can uh, travel the world and feel free within a corporate career. It's definitely absolutely is possible it's just the case that I didn't in mind but it is totally possible too yeah absolutely there's just a lot of different options there for you when you start going outside of it and also I do want to reflect on this that just leaving the environment that you're in and going somewhere different can be really life-changing as well because most of the time if, especially if you're living in a city like London or, or New York all you see is hustle. All you see are people stressed out. You know, you see other people telling you that this is what it's going to be like. Corporate is the way to go. And then you go to places like Panama or somewhere in the Caribbean and people are just living life very slowly, but they're happy and they don't have as much as people in those big metropolitan cities. But why are a lot of those people 
so much more happier. And we have to ask ourselves that, like, is it really like, what is it, right? What is going to make you happy? And it's different for everybody, obviously. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think if I if I may uh, touch on this, and having gone from London to New York, I've not I've not worked in New York, but I, I stayed there for a while. I think New York is even next level yeah. compared to oh, London. Absolutely. It takes things up to an entire different level. It's like here is the gym. The gym is open twenty four hours. You can always work out, but also still have a social life and be like seen in all the like trendy places. But also go to work and be the first person in, and you know be trying to. Oh, it was just yeah, it was is very full on. But I think maybe. For me, what I would say, and was also probably one of like part of my plight, was very much like living in the shoulds and you're supposed to life. I think we do we do get inferences, societal inferences of this is what you're supposed to do. This is what your career should look like. Okay, so by the time you're 24, 25, you know, you should have had a couple of promotions by now. You should be earning this much. You should be working towards getting an apartment, even though you don't even know that you want to live there for the rest of your life. But it's, it's just a done thing, you know. I think it's the shoulds, you know, and like I think women women get different inferences, men get different inferences as well. But you know, it's like you should be, you know, in a stable relationship by this amount of time. You should be working towards children. And so, you know, people, I think we don't actually ask ourselves what like feeds us, you know, like you just kind of grow up knowing this is the way and you don't really question that. And I think that's, that's kind of what I, I touched in my book, Escape to Self. It's like, first of all, realizing what you want, because yes, I always wanted to work in advertising, but once that very prestigious, very corporate dream ended, I had no idea, like not who, not who I really, who I was, you know, what I wanted my work to give to me, what I wanted it to add to my life. And, you know, I think also we get these messages that, you know, your work should be your life, at least a big part of your life. Yes, absolutely. But I think your work should work for you. Your job, your career should work for you. You just shouldn't be, you know, like on an endless wheel of chasing things that you don't even know are your dreams. So I think that's probably one of the the things I would say is like our plight in, you know, places like London and those big cities, those, those corporate careers is like, we just inherit dreams that aren't necessarily ours. And that's why there's this incongruence between when you get it, you're like, well, why aren't I happy? Mm. I have these things. You know, my friend, my friends are still looking for work. My friends, you know, have part-time jobs and they're still trying to find their way, but I have this amazing job. And I just shot an advert with a celebrity last week. And I just got, you know, I just, got an offer trip to go to Paris for the afternoon to have afternoon tea. I should be happy. Why am I not happy? And, and yeah, it's, it's definitely the should and being in that hamster wheel of always doing what you're supposed to be doing and then achieving, like you mentioned, Rosie, achieving the, the top of it, or you're achieving all of the success that you think you should have gotten and you're still really unhappy. And that, you know, that is a cause of a lot of us and depression, you know, becoming depressed because Mm -hmm. you're like, what is wrong with me? Why can I be happy? What 
am I missing? Like, this is on my list, you know? And a lot of people who are high achievers, they do have this like list of achievements that they want to have. And then once they tick it off and nothing still changes because you feel like something should change, right? Like I should be happier. Like this is what I told, like I told myself would make me happy, Mm -hmm. but now I'm even more unhappy because I'm still unhappy and I can't get out of this (laughs) funk. And yeah, it's, it's so true and it's so real. And yeah, and I definitely think you're right, Rosie. It's definitely part of that is thinking that it is what we want, but it's actually what we're trying to do to make other people happy and not ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And creating and having extrinsic goals. So, you know, I want to earn this amount of money. I want to be able to afford this type of clothing or these type of holidays. Those are extrinsic extrinsic goals. And, you know, not to be, you, you know, dark or anything, but if you're looking back at your life at the end of it all, you know, is anybody going to say, oh, yeah, she she wore a really nice Gucci shirt <laughs> or like she always shopped at Gucci. Like, that's not what no, anyone's going to say. They're going to say, you know, she was caring. She really lived her life to the full. She, you know, she was passionate. She, you know, didn't she did the things that she wanted to do. Those are the things that, you know, the people that you that you probably want to, you know, have in your legacy. And I think it's creating intrinsic goals. So like the things that you really need and desire, not those nice to haves. Because having a corner office is a nice to have. Having a fabulous job is a nice to have. But, you know, does that push the needle forward in terms of your happiness? You know, I think you can be definitely content. And this is definitely not to rubbish anybody who has a job like that. I mean, of, of course, like that, absolutely. Everybody is different. And this is what this is what you cover on, on the show. You know, you have all these different voices coming in, talking about, you know, what happened happiness and freedom means for them. Everybody is different, but I think having, having goals that make you want to get out of bed every day is fantastic. Like I have goals. Like I really want to go to the salt flats in Bolivia. That is something that I definitely want to do. It was always my goal to go to the Maldives. I was like, before the end of this life on earth for me, I have to go to the Maldives. (laughs) In fact, when the pandemic happened, I thought, oh my God, I'm never going to go to the Maldives. Like, Oh my goodness. And now I've gone to Maldives, you know, <laughs> now, now it's happened. And I'm very happy about that, but I, I still have other goals. But ultimately, if I didn't go to the Maldives, I would have still been fine. You know, my life would have been fine because at, at my core, at the core, I have the, the life ingredients that I need to make me feel you know, relatively fulfilled, um, on a day to day basis. So I just also, I wanted to put that out there that, you know, just because this is what works for me and what makes me feel alive and good, it does not mean that it would be the case for yeah, everyone. Absolutely. Because I do know people who are very much like corporate people and it gives them like, it, they love it. They just love it so much and it makes them feel alive. And, you know, like you had mentioned, Rosie, everybody is different. Whatever makes you feel, alive is different. (laughs) So yeah. And if you love that, if you can balance things out with, you know, your career and your life and your personal life, I think that's, that's, you know, that's the way to go. So let's look at what you are currently doing now, Rosie, because you are writing, you're doing freelance writing, you've written for huge publications like Lonely Planet, Condé Nast, Travel and Leisure, and you're doing this. And it's not only your passion, but it's also something that creates income for you. How did you get started with that? Because this is what a lot of uh, people dream about, and you're actually doing it. 
Um, well, yes, I have been fortunate to write for some of those very, very incredible publications that I've been reading for my, you know, my entire adult life, uh, like Condé Nast Traveler and Lonely Planet and Atlas Obscura. Um, so again, when I moved to Panama, I felt like because that's where I was really supposed to be, all of these opportunities came to me as well. Um, also because uh, Panama is quite small. And I think a lot of publications were looking for somebody who actually lived there um, and, you know, could actually talk about it you know, with some sort of authority, you know, as a local, but also with, you know, with proven writing chops. So while for me it was somewhat accidental but fortuitous that I ended up in Panama, so Panama has been my niche and still is my niche. I actually still get most of my writing assignments that come to me about Panama. Um, I've just finished write, um, a bit of a content project for Lonely Planet all about Panama as well. And I'm doing something for Nat Geo about Panama City as well. Um, right after this. Um, but so it's not about, it. you know, you don't have to just be in the right place at the right time. If you want to write, and I've actually created a course about this, my, I have my travel writing one-on-one courses on Skillshare. If you actually want to write, I think the first step is about getting, you know, having proof, having proof of your writing, whether that be a blog or a medium publication, um, just a place where editors can very quickly go and see what your style is, that you know what you're talking about, and that, you, you know, you your voice can match their publication because every publication wants you wants to know that you know their audience and you know how to talk to their audience because the audience from Condé Nast Traveler is very different from the Atlas Obscura audience or the Nat Geo audience they're very different places and um, so you don't actually have to have you know uh, bylines in huge publications to get started you know you can actually just send a very well-worded pitch again I, I help with this in my course you can send a very well-worded pitch you know saying this is a link to my latest article you don't have to mention if it's your only article, <laughs> just that it's your latest one. Just one place where you li- where your writing lives online, because an editor is taking a chance working with you. It's you know taking a chance, paying you money for the ideas, which is a beautiful, wonderful privilege. Um, but I, it's actually easier to get started than than you might think. I mean, everybody can start a blog now. Uh, you know, you just oh, get you know Bluehost, get hosting or Squarespace or whatever it is. Everyone can. Start start a blog, um, but it's about just honing your voice, writing, um, reading the stuff that you want to write to kind of, you know, sharpen your pen. So if you want to write about luxury travel, read Condé Nast Traveler, see what words they use, you know, the kind of the feelings that they that they create through their stories. Uh, keep sharpening your pen and engaging yourself in the ecosystem of your given topic. So if you want to write about, about luxury travel, if you want to write about digital nomad travel, you know, have that voice, have a place that's your so even though I do write for these uh, various publications, I do have my own digital nomad lifestyle blog as well, which is discoverysessions.io. And I write, dis- uh, I write, you know, digital nomad guides to different cities, talking about the pros and cons of each place, neighborhood guides, you know, best times to go, things like that. And the good thing about having your own blog as well is you can just write whatever you want, whenever you want. You don't have to adhere to a style guide. But ultimately, if there's one takeaway from this, if you want travel writing as your freedom job, because I'm all about finding a freedom job, a freedom career, a freedom business, um, because that's my my main goal in life is to is to have my freedoms. Um, it's it's actually it's not that 
it's not impossible. You, it's it's easier to start than you think. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's for me. I'm I'm also a writer, and that's how I ended up getting writing jobs is through my blogs and doing guest posting, guest articles on other um, on other websites that are reputable. You know, you can do it. And like Rosie had mentioned, you just take a few examples. I think they need like three to five examples. And if you have a blog, that's pretty easy to do. And yeah, it, you know, as long as you're a decent writer, they're, they're going to see that. And I love that, you know, we're promoting this and neither one of us went to school as an English major, mm-hmm. you know, so, mm-hmm. so you don't need to go to school for this. You just need to show them that you can actually write and write well and know their audience and, you know, have that type mm-hmm. of uh, language that, that they can use that's going to attract their audience as well. Exactly. Yes. I did not study journalism. I studied uh, brands, communication and culture for my master's and business management and marketing for my undergrad. So nothing to do with journalism at all. (laughs) Absolutely. So yes, you can do this if you love writing or if you just enjoy it and you don't mind it. It can definitely be a job that could acquire you that freedom lifestyle that you want or, you know, aspire to have. So Rosie, Let's fast forward to maybe 30 to 40 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Um, Oh, I love that question. Wow. 30 years. We don't think of ourselves as old people. (laughs) Interesting. Oh, wow. 30 to 40 years. I don't know. Will I, will I be a person that dyes my hair? Um, I haven't thought about that. Well, that's a very interesting question. Thanks to you for asking it. Um, I want to be remembered. I mean, even today, I want to be that person today. I think I want to be that person in five years, 10 years, 15 years. I want to be a person that's passionate, that's, uh, that enjoys life. Um, and that is, is, you know, it makes a difference to people in, in whatever way I can and the way that I like to make a difference is is inspiring people is inspiring people entertaining informing I'd say even like with my friends uh, it's something that I it's something that I always like doing like inspiring people if someone feels down I like inspiring them to feel better if someone feels lost like inspiring them to um, to you know have a, a different path to look at things to have to find a bit of clarity I want to be a person that is known for being passionate and I want to be able to say that I lived my life my way which I think I can definitely say right now. Love that. And you're already started. You're helping other people do it. So that's definitely a legacy that you can be proud of. And then, you know, your family, friends will remember you by, which I love. So Rosie, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you. If our listeners want to learn more about you, where can they find you? If they want to find out more about me, they can go to my Digital Nomad Lifestyle blog, discoverysessions.io. I post Digital Nomad guides, uh, interviews with people who are also designing their lives uh, in interesting ways with, I guess, sort of unconventional jobs. Anybody who wants to effortlessly run, run their life from and work anywhere can also book discovery sessions with me where, you know, I can talk you through, you know, how it, how I work for me, how you can get started. And if anybody wants to find my writing portfolio, you can find that at rosiebell.net. You can see everything that I've written for these different publications from Cosmopolitan, where I wrote about hiding your Instagram 
Instagram likes as a travel hack uh, to, uh, you know, giving up dating for a year and traveling the world for HuffPost. You can find all of that uh, there at discoverysessions.io for my blog and rosiebell.net for my writing portfolio. Love it. Thanks, Rosie. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Debbie. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Rosie. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to design your life around freedom. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location independent story will unfold.